Welcome to Resilience Unraveled. Hi everybody and welcome to Resilience Unraveled, a podcast that examines all aspects of personal and organisational resilience. A huge all-encompassing subject that covers the ability to thrive in life by harnessing your cognitive, emotional, physiological and contextual abilities. I share stories from people who have thrived despite remarkable obstacles, as well as highly successful practitioners and experts across a range of topics. And this podcast introduces their amazing stories and expertise, as well as my own reflections, perspectives, strategies and tips, which come from my own synthesis of themes and trends from wider learning. You can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and ebooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Space Unraveled. So, let's get started. Enjoy the show. So, hi there and welcome back to Resilience Unraveled. This week, uh, a different guest, something unusual, something, uh, a fascinating subject, actually, uh, one which I know very little, little about, and um, I'm fascinated to find out more. But first, let's welcome our guest from across the pond, uh, Bill McPhee. How, Bill, how are you? Hey, I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you, Russell. Uh, doing very well. I'm here uh, in Niagara Falls, uh, Canada, and I have the uh, view of the Buffalo skyline, and I'm right at the mouth of uh, Lake Erie. So uh, it's a beautiful day today here in Canada. And are you a Canadian yourself, because uh, or, or an American who's absconded for for, for good healthcare? <laughs> no, I, I'm Canadian. Yeah, born and raised, and uh, I can prove it. I can say, "How are you doing, eh?" Hey, and a boot. <laughs> well, Bill, I'm, I'm really looking forward to chatting. So. Talk to me about what it is that you do. Sure. So basically my, my claim to fame is uh, I was diagnosed with an illness known as schizophrenia in 1987. And uh, I was uh, hospitalized six different times. I lived in three different group homes. I had a suicide attempt and I spent five years on the couch basically doing nothing. Uh, dealing with a deep, deep, dark depression. And uh, basically... Uh, to make a long story short, in 19, uh, in 1994, um, I started a, a publication called SZ Magazine, which was a mental health magazine. And uh, basically, I did that for 23 years. And uh, I retired after that. So I'm, I'm kind of retired. And then, uh, but I did write a book in 2014 called um, to cry a dry tear, Bill McPhee's journey of hope and recovery with schizophrenia. So basically, I I I, uh, I still write. I have that book, and I also have a Facebook group page called Helping Parents of Mentally Ill Children. And I do a live broadcast every Sunday evening at 9 p.m. usually with a guest or something like that. Uh, and then I'm I'm working on a a second book called um, called Over the Edge and over the edge and it's about people who have attempted suicide but who enjoy their life today so though that's kind of what i do in a in a nutshell brilliant okay so so um let's unpack some of that if i may so um tell us for those who don't know what schizophrenia is 
Sure. Well, schizophrenia, the actual meaning of schizophrenia is, is split from reality or being out of reality. And uh, a lot of times it's a misconception. People think about schizophrenia and they think that it's, it's uh, a multiple personality or not. No, but basically it just means split from reality. Mm-hmm. And schizophrenia has basically what it has is known as positive symptoms and negative symptoms. And positive symptoms are symptoms that are added onto your personality that shouldn't be there. For example, if you're delusional or if you're paranoid or if you hear voices, um, those things you have auditorial uh, hallucinations, illusions, those things shouldn't be in your personality. But with schizophrenia, those are known as positive symptoms. And a lot of times those symptoms can be taken care of with medication. But however, almost some people may say more debilitating with the illness is known as negative or deficit symptoms. And these symptoms are things that are lacking from our personality that should be there. For example, we have an emotional bluntness, an emotional blandness. We have a lack of joy. Um, we we uh, Depression can set in. We have an emotional blandness. And, and those are the... The, the debilitating for me was those negative symptoms but uh and, and so yeah so schizophrenia is uh, it affects one out of a hundred people and uh and uh, one out of every hundred people and and 50 percent of those one out of 10 people will try to commit suicide and 10 percent actually will succeed if you call that a, a success yes. so it's a very difficult illness um one of the things that I really want to point out is that a lot of people think that, oh, well, with schizophrenia, it's just like diabetes or it's like uh, heart disease or, or something like that physically where you can take medication. But I say no, no, no. Uh, mental illness is nothing like physical illness because this reason, if I was to fall down and break my arm and I saw you know, my bones sticking out of my arm and there's blood and everything, my brain would tell me, Bill, you got to get to a hospital and get that fixed. But the thing is, is with mental disorders such as schizophrenia, bipolar, uh, schizoaffective, what happens is the mind doesn't know that it's sick. And uh, unfortunately, uh, when these things are happening, the nature of the illness, our mind doesn't know it's not working. And it's broken. It's like a broken brain, but we don't know it. And that's the difference between mental illness and physical illness. And that's why it's known as a cruel illness. Schizophrenia is, is really a cruel illness. Yes. Okay. So, so I mean, people will be interested to know how how you you have it, where it comes from, in a sense. Is it acquired or is it a genetic thing? Yeah. Well, there's a, there's three uh, legs to schizophrenia. Is uh, uh, there's a genetic component to it, and and mental illness runs in my family. So my mom was bipolar. Uh, and uh you know there's mental illness in my my family just like in some families cancer runs in families or diabetes runs in families or high blood pressure runs in families things like that mental illness ran in my family so there's the genetic component to it as well there's uh, always a stressor to it Uh, usually there's a a, something that triggers it and and thirdly it's a chemical imbalance where the chemicals in your brain are kind of you know, uh, not 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 uh, doing things 
properly and so that's what happens that's the real causes of schizophrenia so so the most research up-to-date research tells you that so that's interesting so basically you can have two of those factions and be okay as it were and not present with symptoms but if you have yeah. the third one that's, yeah that's yeah yeah it's it's absolutely and like there's studies there there's studies there where there's twins and maybe that one twin would get it and another one not and, and yes. uh, it's, they don't know why that's interesting and so i mean is again it, it, it can present at an early age can't it i mean if you've got um if you're yeah. a parent well, and you usually, notice, you know what, um, what, what are the signs you'd look out for in your children yeah so um so basically um the the signs are um schizophrenia usually hits between the ages of say 15 and and 25 and um and the reason and, and the reason for that is, is known as youth's greatest disabler. And women usually get hit a little bit later in life and do, uh, and do better than men. But when people are hit with that 15 or 16, it's in their development stage where, where they're just learning how to socialize and they don't really have their education done and everything like that. So it, it, it's known as youth's greatest disabler and hits between 15 and 24. I was fortunate in the fact that I was hit when I was 24 years old. So I had, uh, you know, I had great life experience. I had working, uh, I used to be a commercial diver in Singapore. I worked in the South China Sea and that. So I had a, a lot of background and, 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 and a lot of social skills and different to allow me to bounce back. But some of my first symptoms, uh, I mentioned that the genetic and stressor and biochemical my stressor was when i was 24 i got a girl pregnant and i didn't tell anybody about that i suppressed it and, and everything like that and uh, so one day what happened is i suppressed it and and i was looking for forgiveness and i was diving uh, through the bible and things like that and then signs started to happen i'd actually see words floating off the page i would see faces in my barn wood in the knots of the wood would turn into faces I would call in sick to work. I wouldn't show up. Um, I was paranoid. Uh, my sleeping patterns fell off. So those were the first symptoms, and and I really uh, did some really wild and, and and bizarre behavior. And and what my illness was known, you can have like acute onset and slow onset. So my my battle with schizophrenia came out very quickly. It was acute. Uh, so like I was out of character within a six months time. Um, you know, not myself at all and, and very delusional. And uh, when you have slow onset schizophrenia, is that, um, is, you know, people, it takes a long time and then a lot of time people don't notice a lot of difference, but they think my son or daughter's in their basement and they're not, they're just uh, going through a phase or something like that. And, but uh, it can, you know, so there's acute onset and, and a slow onset. And I was fortunate to have the acute onset. And some of my symptoms, uh, like I say, you know, the, 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 it was just like the movie in a beautiful mind where you would see where Russell Crowe uh, played Don Nash and, and he was in the Pentagon and you've seen all these words and, and numbers float off, uh, float off the, 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 you know, the board. And that's things exactly what was happening to me. I thought I was a prophet, uh, very paranoid. So I, I was really very, very, very ill that way. And so, and so if you, so, so what's the treatment regime? Because I'm imagining this is something that just doesn't go away overnight. The, no, there's, it, a, there's a lot of different strategies to help people. That's right. That's right. Um, basically, the thing is, is that uh, there is medication for schizophrenia. There, there's lots of, 
drugs out there that, that try to treat the illness. The thing is, what's what's really uh, what's really different is that a lot of people don't have insight into their illness. They don't have insight, and so where I'm fortunate, I have insight in, in my my illness. And uh, usually, you have to go through uh, several medications to find something that will work. And uh, for example, I, when I was on the psych ward, uh, I was on several medications, but they didn't work. And then eventually, I found an injectable. That was an antipsychotic and an, a little bit of an antidepressant, and it keeps me in reality, so I'm fine. And and I have a a good quality of life. Um, excuse me, I have a good quality of life, and so I know that if I want to keep my quality of life, I have to take my medication. And unfortunately, 80% of people who take medication will get feeling good, and then they say, "Oh, I'm fine." But yes. then they go off their medication and relapse. Yes. Eighty percent of people will do that, and I did that too as well, um, it, because I needed to know: do I have this illness, or was it a fluke, or what's going on, kind of thing. Yes. And there's and so and so is is that the only cure? Is the the chemical route the only thing, or are there more environmental things you can do, or more holistic well, things know, that help? What I say is, I'll, I'll tell you, um, Russell, really. I believe that the foundation of getting back into reality is with medication, um, you know, because you can talk all the theory you want or anything like that, but you got to get back into reality. And that's what the medication does. However, that's not the total answer for recovery. You also need to work on what's known as your psychosocial skills. And uh, you need to develop uh, friendships. You need to develop you know, something you can do, you need to know what your skills and your gifts and your talents are because it's really hard to get back into the swing of things. So, for example, what I tell people, the true secret to recovery, uh, Russell, the true secret to recovery is to have enough things for you to do and keep occupied. And I tell people all the time, um, when you're, if you have a calendar, you've got to look for community events. You've got to fill your calendar up and have things that you're looking forward to do. And um, because recovery is more than just medication, it's having a life. And and you know what, and most people, I can remember way back, you know, as kids, you know, fooling around in school and that people would say, you know, get a life or get a life. Yeah. And that's exactly what's missing in a lot of people with mental illness. They may be stabilized, but they don't have a life. And that's right. the key in recovery is try to find your life back again. And so, and so you talk, uh, I've certainly read on your website that you, you talk about people with schizophrenia being disconnected from reality. Is, is that what you mean in the sense that they're actually disconnected from life as well? And yeah, and that, I mean, so yeah, use... I mean, you have people, people with uh, mental illness who, who don't have any friends, they, they're very uh, lonely, they're isolated, there's not a lot of community support that they, they participate in and, and that they don't have a lot of friendships and, and you have to work on those strategies to, to get that, to, to build a life for yourself basically, you know, to, you, you, need to, you need to build your life back. And, and I guess the chemicals get you to the state where you can build your life back and so then getting your life back is how you reinforce and support the next bit. So once the life's there, do you become less reliant on the chemicals or do you still, or do you always have to take them? No, I, I believe, uh, you know, that there are some people that will go off medication and, 
and, and do that, but that that's rare. Uh, but I, I, uh, I've accepted the fact that I'll have to take medication uh, all my life. Uh, but, uh, and I do have certain side effects. I mean, when I do get my injection, uh, three days later, I become very sluggish or, or tired. And uh, I have to, uh, you know, rest a little bit more. Um, you know, and, and the thing is, um, with, with side effects, you have to ask yourself, well, you know, would I rather be in reality and be dealing with some side effects or, or, or do I want to be in reality and, and, and have a life? And I think uh, that that's very important for people to understand. And because, and, and, and some of the things like with, with the medication, sometimes a lot of times it can make you very droggy. And I know that when I was going through negative symptoms, you know, the lack of motivation, the lack of drive and the depression, it took everything I had just to basically shave and brush my teeth and wash my hair. Right. Hmm, interesting, isn't it? It's interesting where the cure is almost as bad as the condition. <laughs> it's yeah, all- yeah, yeah. And you know what, Russell, I'll tell you where, where my, tra- where my uh, turning point came, though, to, to my recovery. And what it was is that uh, when you're dealing with a mental illness and on the couch for five years and you're doing nothing and everything like that, everything goes through your mind. You think, oh, if my dad only had a different occupation or or smarter, if I studied harder and all that. And I remember the teacher said, Bill, if you don't learn how to write properly in life, you'll never amount to anything. What you very poor penmanship. My penmanship was very poor. And, um, my penmanship was poor, and uh, so I said to myself, I'm going to prove to somebody that I can do something, and what happened is that I phoned the 40 Literacy Foundation, they said, listen, I know how to read, and I know how to write, but I want to improve my penmanship, in a sense. So there was this uh, lady, Martha Mason, that came over, and she uh, penmanship with me, and uh, she said she knew my license was suspended, and you know, I was wasn't doing much, which was an understatement. And she said, you know, Bill, she said, I go to school, I, I I'm I go to school for social work and the executive director executive director of the big brothers and and I, she said, I'll drive you to school, take a course. I really didn't feel like it, but I did. I knew I, I had to and so I the course and I did the dark room stuff, field trips, and I took pictures, but I didn't enjoy it. I just went through the motions. Next thing I know that Martha, she's saying, you know, to me, she said, Bill, I'm the seventh group chairperson of the 40 Scouts, Beavers, and Cubs. The treasurer, how would you like to be a treasurer? And I thought, oh my God, coming to another meeting, that means I need to wash my hair and brush my teeth and shave, all these things that are difficult to do with negative symptoms. So anyways, I went to that meeting and that was a real turning point because I met Martha's husband, I met her children, I met Peter, who eventually I started playing racket wash with. I started helping out with camp outs and different things like that. It gave me a whole social set of friends, me for who I was and not what I had. Right. So, so tell me about the SZ or SZ magazine. What was that about? Yes. SZ Magazine was, uh, I started it, uh, I got the idea in 1993. I can remember reading a book. And it was called uh, 101 Ways How to Start a Business with Little or No Capital. And I said, that's me. I have no capital. And capital means money, right? (laughs) 
But I read that book, and before VCRs were invented, there was this uh, lady who, uh, she watched the soap operas on, on, the, on the station, watched the, the soap operas on three different TVs, and she would write what was happening in the, in the soap operas and made a newsletter out of it and send it to her working friends. Well, as soon as I read that, I said, a light bulb came on, and I said, uh, boy, I said, I probably can't do a, a, a newsletter on on uh, the soap operas, but I could probably on schizophrenia. And that was in 1990. And then I took some business courses at the college and I took some entrepreneur courses and that. And in March of 1994, incorporated my business and I started SC Magazine. And uh, I, I had a good run of that for 23 years. And I traveled across North America and did a lot of speaking and and uh, things like that. So it was, uh, we would profile people with the illness and it would try to give hope and, uh, you know, we'd have updates on the, on, on the latest medications and uh, just, uh, you know, travel piece, just, just a lot of things like that. Just a lot of mental health in general. And uh, we used to call it, it was, it was to give hope for people, to give them hope. Great. And where, and I mean, we'll talk about your book in a minute, but where, where's a good place for people to find um, resources oh, these yes. days? Um, so my book, uh, yeah, my book, The Cry of Dry Tears on uh, Amazon, or if you go on to my uh, website, uh, BillMcPhee.ca, so McPhee is M-A-C-P-H-E-E, so BillMcPhee.ca, and you can actually download the first chapter for free. If you go on to my website, sign up for my newsletter, you'll get a, uh, a welcome letter with a link to the first chapter of the book for free. So that, again, that's at billmcphee.ca. Brilliant. Um, that's fascinating. And I mean, what is the book, what is the book your story or is it about coping? What, what's the book's? You know, uh, my book, it, it's called uh, To Cry Dry Tear, Bill McPhee's Journey of Hope and Recovery with Schizophrenia. And basically it, it's my story and, uh, um, about that it's uh, basically a, a biography and what's unique about the book what's really unique about the book is that it has all of my doctor's notes and nursing notes in it uh, uh, word, word for word it actually has a picture of my suicide note in there and uh, it's just uh, it just really if, if somebody wants to know what's going in on in the mind of somebody who's delusional or out of reality it's a really good gives you a really good picture of what's going on with your psychosis or being out of reality. Brilliant. And and if someone um, obviously can look at your resources, but are there other places? Are there places you would recommend to find out more information about schizophrenia? Yeah. Well, there's there's uh, um, there's lots of organizations uh, around the world. I know you're in the UK, and and you know you just got to type in uh, in Google. Uh, how, uh, mental health organizations and different things like that. A big one here uh, in, in the States is NAMI, the National Alliance for the Mentally Ill. Uh, but there's, uh, there, there's a lot of organizations and help. And I also, I mentioned to you, I also uh, do a, a helping parents of mentally ill children with my, with my podcast or with my broadcast that I do every Sunday evening. And, and so those resources and, and, uh, the thing is that people need support. Family members really need support because it's very, very difficult illness to deal with. And the reason for that is that usually the people who are dealing with schizophrenia, they're out of logic. They're not in logic. We're, we're out of reality. We're out of logic. Where people who, who are, are sane 
they have logic, they, they think logically. And unfortunately, the clash comes when you have illogic and, and logical, they don't mix kind of thing. And that's the frustrating part with this illness. Brilliant. So that's absolutely fantastic, uh, Bill. So we've been talking this afternoon to Bill McPhee. Uh, you can get hold of him at billmcphee.ca and his book is To Cry a Dry Tear. Bill, thanks for spending time with us today. I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Thank you, Russell, for having me. No problem. You take care. Thank you. Hi, everybody. I hope you found that episode useful and interesting. Feedback is always welcomed, and if you are in the mood to subscribe to us or even leave a comment on iTunes or Stitcher, that would be amazing. If you want to suggest ideas or even people you would like me to interview, then reach out to us at qedod.com forward slash contact. As I said earlier, you can go to qedod.com forward slash podcast for show notes or follow the links. And you can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and ebooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com, then search for Resilience Unraveled. I look forward to being in your ear next time around. Take care.